Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Down the block, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today I'm joined by Canterbury Bulldogs star recruit Kyle Flanagan. It's been a wild few months for Kyle, obviously leaving the Roosters and arriving at Canterbury. He's been in the headlines left, right and centre. And I really like the way he's handled himself. He talks about in this interview just how keen he is to prove everyone wrong and get started at Canterbury. I think Trent Barrett is going to be fantastic for him. We touch on that quite a bit and the effect Barrett's already having on him. Uh, Kyle takes me through his entire career. He starts back in his junior footy when he was an Aquinas cold and he won 10 premierships in a row uh, in his club side coming through was Blake Braley and his best mate Bronson Zeri so pretty wild little combination there the three of them went on to play juniors for the Cronulla Sharks and he touches on winning the 2015 SG ball competition from memory and it's a pretty special moment the Cronulla Sharks they've only won one SG ball competition and if you understand the landscape of rugby league, that's pretty impressive considering you're coming up against, you know, your Penrith Panthers, your Paramount Eels, your Canterbury Bulldogs, these teams that at that age, they're traditionally a lot bigger. So for the Sharks to do that, a really special effort. And he's carried that all the way through to the under-20s where... He set the record for most points in a season, 20 tries, about 1,000 goals. It's a record that'll stand forever now that the Toyota Cup doesn't exist anymore. So another special moment for Flano there. A year later, he'd make his first grade debut. And we talk a lot about special moments in this podcast, but being given your first first grade jersey by your father, who's the head coach, obviously Shane Flanagan, his old man, a really special moment there for Kyle. Uh, a really good story to hear then. We talk about soon after that his move to the Sydney Roosters. Uh, obviously, leaving the Sharks is really tough, but he needed that opportunity. The opportunity that he walked into was a tough one, though. Walking into the Roosters system, into a jersey that's been left vacant by Cooper Cronk, one of the most experienced and greatest halfbacks we've ever seen. And there was just so much hype around Kyle's arrival at the Roosters and I said from day one you need to be patient he's got an incredibly difficult job here and it turned out to be nothing short of incredibly difficult it didn't help also when Victor Radley went down Victor Radley plays a link role in that team and he does it better than any lock forward in the game so for Kyle to lose him 
and be replacing Cooper Cronk and the Roosters simply run out of gas, I think Kyle got dealt a really tough set of hands there. And before he knew it, he was out on his ass. Yeah, the Roosters, they pushed him to the side and he had to find a new club. This was completely unexpected to him. He had no idea he was on the outer until he read it in the papers, essentially. So a really tough gig for a young kid his age that thought he was at a champion club to develop over the next few years. But this is the reality of the Roosters. If you're not winning, you're not staying, unfortunately. And I think I think Kyle's been a bit of a scapegoat to um, how gassed they've been after success, realistically. But he's made a fresh start. He's signed with Canterbury. He's going to be working with Trent Barrett, who did absolute wonders for Nathan Cleary in 2020. And I think it's really exciting times for Kyle Flanagan. The Roosters, they don't tend to regret many decisions they make, but I think long-term, this might be one they regret because I really do think Kyle's got a big future in rugby league and I think he's going to be a champion player one day. He is young. He still hasn't played 30 first-grade games. Keep that in mind. So he's got a long way to go, but he's developing really well. And just from talking to him the other day, I know that he's a champion kid. He wants to prove people wrong and he wants to put his best foot forward for Canterbury. If you're a Bulldogs fan, I would be very excited about this kid because he's going to do everything he can for your club and he's going to be a success. A champion bloke, let's kick it off. Flano, welcome on. How are we, mate? How are you? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Mate, uh, obviously a big night at the fight last night. Uh, a, a lot of people caught on to your Instagram story that you were uh, in the sheds with Gal. How was that experience? Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, it was obviously unreal to be at the event and um, to be in Gal's dressing room was obviously an unreal experience. And um, I've been watching him spar the last couple of weeks before the fight and um, just to watch him prepare and um, go about his business was, um, yeah, something pretty special. A few bourbons for the big boy after? <laughs> Definitely right, mate. Um, that's Gal to a team, mate. I'm sure he was down at Miranda Hotel um, yeah, sinking a few bourbons. Doing some serious damage. Mate, obviously, you've moved clubs this off-season. How are you finding it at uh, Canterbury so far? Yeah, it's been unreal, mate. I think, um, obviously, Trey Barrett, I can't say a bad word about him, and that's one of the main reasons I went to the club. And um, Yeah, some of the boys there, I'm coming uh, really good mates with them, and yeah, I can't wait to uh, play some good footy for the Bulldogs. And, yeah, I'm pretty excited about um, the future in the club, and yeah, I can't wait to be a part of that and yeah, really be a leader. Mate, I loved your uh, Instagram story a few weeks ago when you were uh, packing your locker and it was uh, Terry Lamb's locker. You'd want to have some big feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, mate. Um, obviously, he's still around the club and um, doing a bit of work around the club, so um, I'll be picking his brain and um, just having him around. And um, His presence is definitely good for me. And um, Yeah, if I can be half the player he was, uh, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy with you too, just quietly. Um, mate, Trent Barrett, you mentioned him before, obviously, um, and I think... From the outside looking in, what Nathan Cleary did last year, I would credit a lot of that to what Trent Barrett's coaching was able to do for him. It must be a really exciting time for you. Definitely. I think, um, obviously, the success the Penrith had last year, a lot of this has got to go to Trent. And, um, I think you'll see a similar style of play um, next year in the Bulldogs. And, yeah, I can't wait to lead that. And um, Exciting times ahead. I don't want to give too much away, but um, we'll be working together quite closely. And um, yeah, it's an exciting combination. Mate, it obviously is something that fans have noticed. I mean, Canterbury over the last few years, let's be honest here, they haven't been the most exciting, playing the most exciting brand of footy. Um, is it essentially Trent's blown it all up and started again? Yeah, I imagine so. I think, um, I'm not sure the numbers, but I think there was four or five games last year when the Dogs lost by less than a try. So um, if we could score one more try, we're around the top eight. So um, that's a massive focus for the club. It's 
um, yeah, and I can't wait to bring that my personality into that team. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll stay, um, stay on the radar, but um, I'm looking forward to next season. Mate, you signed a pretty handy winger this week. Not a bad addition. <laughs> Let's trot. <laughs> That's a word going around train at the moment. and um, You'll be hearing just, plenty of it. Walk around and everyone just says, Let's trot. And this, uh, this, but um, yeah, the club's excited. It's great news for the club. And yeah, I can't wait to play with him in 2022. Seems like a very uh, infectious character, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think um, just having him in the club and walking the doors, you know, everyone lives around him. And obviously, he's a freak of a player and can score a try out of nowhere. So, um, but having his presence, having him put on the blue and white, um, yeah, can't be better for the club. Mate, take me through your childhood. Obviously, uh, your father played himself, Saints, Parramatta, uh, Magpies, I believe, as well. And he'd retired before before you were born. At what age did you sort of realise that dad, you know, played NRL was was pretty handy? Yeah, um, it's funny. I think he played 98 first grade games. I'll give him a bit of stick about that. Maybe only a couple of tries. So I'm, I'm chasing that um, every year, I guess. Um, yeah, but growing up, I didn't look... Too, um, too much into how much my old man played footy but I guess it was a few years ago when I was a bit younger I sort of looked back into it and watched a few highlights and um, really respect him for what he did in his career and um, and what he's taken into his coaching career and mate obviously he was uh, he was an assistant coach to Ricky Stewart at the Roosters and I believe you did some ball boying in your time yeah that's right um, yeah he was assistant coach to Ricky Stewart at the club at the time and they had a pretty successful time there and um, he was a 20s coach there um, I think one of his best players was Jamie Seward so um, yeah, he's got ties with the Roosters. And, mate, I believe you were ball-boying there with uh, with Nathan Cleary. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think there's a photo that always pops up when we verse each other. So, yeah, that's right, mate. I think Ivan was obviously there at the time as well. So, um, us two kicking the footy along the sideline along um, the old football stadium. was um, It was there for a couple of years there. What are your memories of guys like Brad Fittler? And, you know, just that, that, that was an all-star team. I think it's one of the best sides ever, that Roosters early 2000s. What are your memories of those guys as a kid? Yeah, I have one vivid memory. Obviously, uh, walking out for Freddie's 300th game, I think um, that's where the photo was taken of me and Nathan. So, um, yeah, I just remember uh, walking out in front of Freddie and um, the, all eyes were on him. And, um, yeah, it's good to obviously work with him in New South Wales camps and that sort of stuff. And um, obviously, he's a freak of a player. You're an Aquinas Colts junior, and I was having a read this morning. Ten premierships in a row. <laughs> Pretty handy. Yeah, it's uh, we got quite lucky there, you know. Um, obviously, Blake Braley um, and Bronson Cherry were in that team, and um, we really enjoyed training hard and um, a good close group of mates. And um, Yeah, ten straight comps in the Cronulla comp was quite special. I think it's a record. So, um, And Blake Braley's dad was the coach, so. Um, yeah, obviously took that into the junior rep system at Cronulla and um, here we are today. What are your first memories of the uh, junior rep system with the Sharks? Yeah, for me, I think um, in the plan for the Sharks, you're always you're quite scared, you know, to vest the big teams like Penrith and the Bulldogs because they're quite a lot bigger, more developed kids coming through the juniors. So um, I remember just sitting there going, like, really, we've got to stand up to these big clubs. And um, we did that. We won the fifth and um, the sixth ends and the eight ends coming through. and um, yeah, I just remember just really training hard, uh, doing my chin-ups and my, and my push-ups and, um, yeah, really focusing on my game. Mate, I remember watching that grand final when you guys won in the 18s. I remember you, the uh, Sharks fullback, Will Kennedy, had an absolute blinder that game. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Will Kennedy carved up that game. I remember uh, Sipha Talakai was on the, in the South team. He was running at me all day, causing headaches. But Yeah, Cam uh, Murray as well, too, from memory. Yeah, he was... Um, yeah, they were the star players there, and um, obviously everyone's kicked on to, to NRL, and 
Um, but as I said, that group at Cronulla at the time was a really tight group and that's sort of flooded into first grade now. And, mate, your first grade debut would have come a few years later. Actually, before that, let's talk about that Toyota Cup season. 20 tries, 140 goals, 360 points. You're on a good thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to uh, break the, the point scoring record in the in the 20s, and um, I'm glad to know that won't be ever beaten. So, um, yeah, that was an unreal uh, year. And as I said, that, that tight group really got us through, and I think we won 16 straight there, and guys like Britton Nakora played in that team, and um, Jesse Raymond. So um, we ended up falling over just before the finals, but... Um, yeah, that was an unreal season. I'm a bit sick of hearing the word lucky just quietly, you modest bastard. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just pretty grateful, you know. <laughs> For sure, mate. Your first grade debut, obviously your father was the coach. Pretty unique situation. How did you find out? Uh, Matt Moylan uh, got injured early in the week and um, I knew I was around about ready to play first, but I wasn't too sure if I was ready or not, but um, you never know until you're out there. And um, The old man put me in and said, I'm going to play this week and Obviously, I was pretty special experience playing under my old man um, at home at Shark Park for my junior club. And um, I got to play with a few handy footballers that day Valentine Holmes, Luke Lewis, Paul Gallen. And, um, yeah, it was a special day to remember. Mate, is that a phone call? Is that a tap on the shoulder at training? What's the go? That's a uh, coming to my office, mate. I wasn't too sure what's he talking about. What's dinner or uh, I'm going to clean the dishes right or something? Yeah, exactly right. So, uh, um, yeah, I remember the first thing I said to him is, um, have you told mum? That's all I wanted to do was tell my mum that I'm making my debut. And he beat, he beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, filthy. <laughs> yeah. Mate, what are you, when when you were obviously coming through that system and you were obviously training for first grade for a long time, what do you call coach? Is it dad? Is it Shane? Are you, are you avoiding eye contact? What's the deal? Yeah, it's always a hard one. You know, when you're at training, you go, you're trying to get his attention when you say coach or Shane or... Um, it's always a bit a bit awkward, you know, and um, whether you, if you make an error at training, does he, does he spray you? And the boys are always looking out for that. So um, it's a hard situation, but um, we quite enjoyed it, and um, who knows what holds in the future. And mate, that that uh, first game that you played against the Newcastle Knights, I mean, is there a moment in that game that you sort of went, "Fuck!" Like this is the NRL? Uh, yeah, my first tackle, I think, is off a kick. Our uh, first set in defence, and I just wanted to make my first tackle, and I think uh, I hit. Kenny Dale crossed his chin and gave away a penalty and he threw the ball at me and it was on. So, um, yeah, that was my first tackle in the NRL, giving away a penalty against Sean Kenny Dale. So, I'd love to have that one back. I bet you didn't look up at the coach's box. Oh, I'm sure he would have been giving me a bit of a spray and um, I'm sure a bit of a smile as well. Mate, uh, tell me about your first try. I believe it comes the year after against the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, obviously, you want to get that monkey off the back. and um, Yeah, I'll... No, Got pretty lucky there. They made an error, and I got a bit of a, a runaway t- try of uh, 40 metres, which is uh, good to get a, a decent try for your first one, not just a, uh, just a put-down. So, um, yeah, that was an unreal moment. Mate, obviously, you know, soon after this, the Roosters, uh, the whispers start to go around the NRL. How did this all unfold from your end? Yeah, so there was an opportunity to go there. Um, uh, the year before, I went there. Um, before June 30, and that got knocked back, and... Um, I was sort of eager to play first grade and I was sort of stuck behind the two at Cronulla and I thought I was ready to play first grade so it was quite frustrating for me I think I only played uh, 10 or so first grade um, games that year and uh, the following year obviously went to the Roosters and um, I was in talks throughout the whole year ready to go there and um, it's just a massive opportunity for me and I couldn't really turn it down 
Mate, I imagine at some point there would have been a phone call to Dad saying, you know, what are your thoughts? What was his advice to you? Yeah, he tries to leave it up to me, you know. Obviously, um, he's got an idea in his head what he thinks is best for me, but um, he tries to leave the decisions up to me. And um, it was a great opportunity there. I know in hindsight now, I'm probably thinking, oh, what was I thinking um, going there after Cooper Cronk and um, how things panned out. But I learned a lot there. I uh, played in the World Cup Challenge and um, played with some unreal players. And um, I learned a lot, and I can't wait to take that experience into the Bulldogs. Mate, tell me about that first conversation with Trent Robinson. Yeah, it was a tough one. Obviously, um, it's, it's hard to sort of say now, but um, we had a meeting and look, um, he sort of said he wants someone to come into the role of halfback and really grow and um, develop. And um, that really lit a fire inside of me. And I'm, I was at the stage of my career where I needed someone to develop me and really go forward. And uh, I got that opportunity for a year, but here I am now. So, um, but uh, saying that, have a lot of respect for the Roosters club and yeah, learn a lot there and I love the players and love the staff and but um, yeah, here I am. Mate, I must say heading into the 2020 season, I don't think anything shit me more than the amount of hype and everything that came around it and I sort of said from day one, just be patient, you know, walking into a system built by Cooper Cronk, it's not, it's not easy like everyone's making it out to be. Was, was there a moment where you arrived where you sort of realised, fuck, this is going to be a tough gig? Yeah, I think so. I think um, obviously you train the preseason with the younger squad, and um, when the senior guys come back, like Boyd Cordner, um, he sort of put me aside, mate, and said, "Mate, you need to take this team forward." And that sort of hit me by a bit of a shock there. And uh, but saying that, I love taking leading the footy team around, and we, I thought I had a pretty successful season last year, and was happy with how I played. So um, yeah, I'm going to take that into next season. Mate, tell me about your halves partner, Luke Carey. Uh, I mean, he's coming off winning back-to-back premierships. He's won three in six years or something unbelievable like that. Tell me about your relationship with him. Absolute legend of a bloke and um, what he did for me. Um, a lot behind behind the scenes, you know. Um, yeah, he looked after me quite a lot, you know. And also on the field, you know, it took a lot of pressure off me sometimes. And, yeah, I love playing with Kez. And you just watch him at training and how he moves, uh, picking his brain, how he... Um, how he prepares during the week and how he takes into the game was massive for me and yeah, hopefully one day I get to play with Luke Curry again. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Mate, tell me about Cooper Cronk, the influence he had on you. I mean, you know, I'm not sure if there's a halfback that's achieved more in rugby league realistically. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's definitely, we've spoken about halfback basics quite a lot and that's going to help me not not just last year, but for years to come, you know, and I'll be in con- constant contact with me and I hope he answers my phone calls, I guess. But, <laughs> um, yeah, working with him last year was unreal. We're doing one-on-one sessions, a lot of kicking sessions and um, obviously COVID struck and he couldn't come into training, but um, we were in constant contact on the phone talking about previews and reviews of game and, um, yeah, he's um, invaluable to bounce um, information off. What's something that we can see in 2021 from Kyle Flanagan that he didn't have when he arrived at the Roosters because of Cooper Cronk? Oh, look, I don't know if there's, there's one thing um, I can say to expect, but I just want to take my game to the next le- level, you know. I'm 
I thought I I built a really good foundation, but I really want to take my game to the next level. Whether that's doing being more a bigger factor in the games, and whether that's running the football more, and or really um, changing the flow of the game and making game changes. But um, yeah, I'm excited to to go after the game and, and not just sit back and get through it. Mate, obviously Cooper Cronk leaving and you stepping in already a tough gig for me from the outside looking in. The moment you lost Victor Radley, your job got a lot harder as well. Tell me about the influence of Radley. Yeah, obviously um, he's a freak of a player. He really sets a tone in the middle there, and he has the ball playing ability to, to really link the edges together. And um, him going down with obviously Sam Vrells was was quite hard for our team, but it also hit us emotionally. And I did a lot of work with Victor in the preseason, really linking together how we're going to play. And um, Luke Keary holding short size, and me and really Victor working together. But yeah, I was disappointed to, to lose Rads, but. Um, guys come in like Isaac the U and that Butcher that did a really good job. Mate, I've said a few times this year that personally, I think if Victor Radley didn't get injured this year, I think you're still playing at the Roosters. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a tough one now. I, I still don't understand it, to be honest. You know, it's um, but saying that I'm loving my opportunity to the, um, the Bulldogs and really um, leading that footy team around. But, um, you know, some of the best judges like Andrew Johns really thought I had a good season and I'm standing here going, what the hell has happened but um, yeah, I guess I never know but um, I'm looking forward now and yeah, I'm quite motivated to, to prove them wrong Mate obviously you arrived at the Chooks you play your first two weeks we had the COVID break everything's in you know complete and utter chaos and then fortunately the circumstances surrounding you know your best mate Bronson Zeri happens as well where were you yep. when you first found out about that? I was just at home mate you know obviously a shock to me and um, it's quite hard you know because um, obviously he's got to go through his own private stuff and keep things quite private but um, I was at home and um, found out the news obviously through online and um, yeah it's quite hard to see Mate I remember just a few weeks before it all broke I was I was coaching my rugby league team an under 15 16s and we were playing uh, Bronson's little cousin so I yep. was I was standing there ref- uh, sorry uh, coaching my game and I could hear this bloke behind me sort of like making like these noises every time this one kid got the ball and I sort of thought who's this lunatic anyway I turned around it was Bronson I'd spoken to him a little bit through the guru page and I introduced myself lovely bloke champion fella I got home the next night and that was when the whole uh the worry about him having COVID broke yep so I'm sitting there in my lounge room t- telling everyone the night before that I'd met Bronson's area spoke <laughs> to him blah 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 and they all just looked at me and went oh Jesus here we go so I'm working at a school at the time, so I had to ring the school and say, hey, minor issue, Bronson's getting tested. I've got to wait for my results. Mate, the, the, the bloke derailed my life for about three days there over nothing. It was chaos. <laughs> I imagine so. I think um, there was a stage there when every NRL player was quite scared, you know, not to be the first player to get COVID, you know, and lucky enough, no one did. And um, But, yeah, that was definitely a quite scary time. It was funny when it all blew up with him, though. I mean, three months later... We'd have it three times a week, but when it was him, it was, it was it was like he had the plague or something. It was insane. Yeah, exactly right. You know, the NRL sort of put him up there and all on the social media and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, lucky enough, I come back uh, negative. Mate, so obviously you return back from that COVID break. Um, you know, everything's going reasonably well. You play for another eight weeks or so. You get dropped around round twelve or so from memory. What was the conversation around that with Trent Robinson? Yeah, that was quite a um, difficult time. You know, I think. We were winning quite well, you know, and I thought I was tracking quite well. And he didn't he didn't label it as dropped. He labelled it as um, working on areas of his game or whatever it was. But um, fuck, that's nice back. of him. Yeah, I um, I accepted it. I took it on the chin, and um, 
I really went away and worked on my game and I came back and I thought I played quite well and um, took that into the semi-finals. Suppose it would have been hard during that time, mate. Of course, normally when you dropped, you get to go back and play for Newtown or Bears or whatever it may be and work on your game, but you didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, exactly right. You know, it's quite hard. I don't, I'm not sure if I needed to go play footy as well. I just maybe uh, freshen me up and um, take the pressure off me quite a bit. And, you know, like being your, my first full season in first grade, I get targeted quite a bit. And I think I was making the most tackles out of any halfback. So, um, yeah, that was probably more than anything. What advice did Cooper Cronk give to you during that period? Uh, just to, to trust my ability, you know. I think um, I got myself to just to hit where I am today, and um, I'll be back there, and no doubts about it. Obviously, he told me plenty of stories how it's happened to guys like Joseph Manu and all these players that are willing to be international. So um, it's all part of the process, and um, yeah, I just really need to trust that. Tell me about when Trent told you you were coming back into the side. Um. I think I, I knew it was coming. You know, I think um, it's just a matter of when. You know, um, I was more focused on on myself rather than what who was playing at the time. You know, I think um, I have a lot of belief in my own ability, and I knew I'm, I was a major part of that football team, and quite confident. Were you nervous in the uh, the game that you eventually came back for, or, or were you still feeling pretty confident by that point? Oh, I like to think I'm quite a positive and confident kid, but um, you know, I thought you know the, the people are going to be out to. To talk shit, I guess. Um, so I really wanted to put that to bed, and uh, I think we played the Tigers at, at Leichhardt and played fairly well. And but that's how if you if you're hard back in a footy team, it's always going to be like that. And um, you don't listen to the hype, you don't listen to the negativity. You just get away with your business and focus on what you can control. Mate, in hindsight, when you look back on that three week period where you were dropped, was there signs there that you were in a bit of trouble with the club, or you know, did, did it all unfold more later? Yeah, it's. It's funny, you know, like I, when you ask that now, it's probably the first person to ask you that. I probably could have thought, what, what's really going on here, you know? Um, but at the time, I was just focused on uh, my role in the team and training hard. And I, I, I have so much respect for the players, the staff. And um, yeah, I was more focused on um, yeah, playing footy week in, week out. So when you first came back from, from that first game to being dropped, did you think there was any hope in hell you wouldn't be wearing a Roosters jersey next year? No, nah, not at all, you know. I think. Um, Obviously, I signed there to really develop and grow in the role, and um, yeah, that's what um, the story I was told. Mate, obviously, you come back. I think you win five or, five or six in a row. Uh, you know, you get to the end of that streak, and for me, looking from the outside in the Roosters, they weren't looking as impressive as they were the previous two years, and then that South Sydney game hits you like an absolute train, 60-8. to eight. Tell me about the change rooms after that game. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I remember that game so clearly, you know. I think I was uh, winning that game as leading point scorer and Aaron Reynolds was kicking goals from everywhere on that field. It was just absolutely heartbreaking. And it was honestly a nightmare, you know. Um, sometimes when teams are just so hot, you can't stop it. Yeah, and after that, going to the change, you know, we, just, we didn't know what to do, whether to address it or just, just forget about it, you know. And um, yeah, it was quite a hollow feeling. Mate, what was being said, but, you know, guys like Boyd Corden or Jake Friend... These guys that, you know, their worst losses would have been by 20 points maybe previously to that. Were they were they just lost for words? Yeah, it's quite a hard one. I think, obviously, Jake Friend, I think he went off with the HIA that day. And, um, yeah, I think it was just a bad day. Like, yeah, out of how many first-grade games you play, it's obviously going to be a one-off. And um, when Souths are hot, they're hot. And um, saying that, we, I think we bounced back quite well the next week. And um, we're just focusing on what we control in the following week.
Mate, you come in the next week against uh, the Penrith Panthers out there at Penrith there. You know, I, I, I was really conflicted in this game. It was the really confident Penrith Panthers up against the Roosters, you know, that had just had their pants pulled down. Probably the worst case in 100 years. What was the confidence around the game? Did you guys feel like you could do a number on them? I feel like uh, when you look around the trains room, that really gives you confidence when you've got Luke Keery and James Tedesco running out in front of you. And uh, confidence was never a problem. I think um, the boys really thrived off um, really bouncing back and jumping into Penrith. I think we jumped out to a uh, 12 or 10 nil lead and things were looking quite well. And yeah, they just wrestled it back. And obviously, we ended up playing the grand final. But it just wasn't our night out there at Penrith again. And yeah, it wasn't to be. Mate, it's not many times the Roosters score 28 points and lose a game. What was Trent Robinson's uh, demeanour after that game? I mean, coming off the South game into that, the Roosters, they just don't score 28 points and lose in, in games of footy anymore. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think um, maybe with the rule change, we might see the points go up quite a bit. But, um, yeah, letting that many points is not acceptable. And um, I remember we were coming back quite fast that game. If we had maybe five more minutes, we might have got the win. But, um, yeah, letting that in that many four tries or whatever it was, um, you can't win footy games doing that. Mate, leading into the next week, the Canberra Raiders. Um, Canberra, obviously, it's a grand final replay. For me, watching that, that was the Canberra Raiders' grand final there. They'd been waiting for that game, you know, for 12 months now. At the end of that game, you know, what was your feeling around the club? Did you still feel safe? Yeah, definitely. So, obviously, I said before, um, I went there to really grow and develop and just keep improving as a player, and that's all I want to do every day when I wake up, I guess. But that that day wasn't our day either. Um, we versed Canberra a few times during the year. I think we... We beat them down in Canberra, but they beat us up here in SCG twice. And um, yeah, the, the bounce of the ball wasn't going our way, but um, yeah, definitely felt like I was going safe with the club. Mate, did you feel like the team had you know simply run out of gas towards the end of that season? I mean, you're the first side to win back-to-back premierships in 30 odd years, and you know, it's hard to go back-to-back teams. They run out of gas. It, it just looked like to me you guys were just a gear slower by the end of the season. Did you feel that way? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Obviously, I wasn't there when they won the two premierships, but um, I do definitely feel like teams really go after um, the Roosters team and the Roosters fall back. And I know when you verse the Roosters um, going into next season, really, really want to go after their middle forwards and um, really test them. That's that's their whole game and um, their platform. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. It's hard to say, but um, yeah, it could have been the case. So the whispers start to leak over the next few days about Kyle Flanagan potentially leaving the Roosters. Did you did you buy into it at all when you first heard it? No, not at all. You know, I think um, I uh, I was going to a um, end of season function with the player awards of the Roosters, and that was on the back page of the paper. So that was quite hard to you know to obviously go to a function like that, and um, you know people knowing seeing that and thinking, oh, what's going on? So. Um, quite hard but um, I just couldn't believe it to be true to be honest Mate did you have any conversations with your manager with Trent Robinson at that point or did you just sort of ignore it for that night? No we had a, um, obviously a few conversations prior to that and um, with my manager so um, I let him sort of that sort of stuff but um, yeah as I said in my Instagram post I was quite shocked and disappointed but obviously a lot of things go behind the scenes regarding salary cap and that sort of sort of stuff that doesn't get said but um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward now. Um, onwards and upwards, and 
Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with Trent Brad and the Bulldogs. How did the opportunity uh, come along, mate? Uh, I'm not too sure. You know, I think um, manager just doing his job, <laughs> what he's paid to do, I guess. But yeah, I wanted to get it sorted quite quickly. You know, um, it's nothing you like doing is really playing around with your future. And um, when the opportunity came up with the Bulldogs, um, and I had a few other options, but yeah, ended up at the Bulldogs, and yeah, obviously here now and excited, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the next challenge. Mate, you mentioned uh, in the media at the start of 2020 when you when you first arrived at the Roosters, you you noticed the intensity was slightly different to the Sharks. What have you noticed at Canterbury? Like you've now been at three clubs over th- three years now. What's the difference at Canterbury compared to the other sides? Yeah, so I think obviously um, Trent Barrett's come in and got all new staff and uh, new performance team, and the way. Uh, uh, that we're training now the Bulldogs is quite similar to the way the Roosters train in, um, in high intensity and skill under fatigue so I've been loving the training at the Bulldogs I feel like it's really um, perfect for me and um, the strength programs are unreal the wrestling programs are unreal and um, yeah, can't, I'm really looking forward to working with staff in the future but yeah every club's a little bit different but um, it's all the same people inside the four walls and um, the same sort of characters Mate obviously there's a number of guys that could partner you there Locke and Lewis um Wakeham, I'm a big fan of. Who are you expecting to wear in the six with you? Well, I can't give you too many scripts, otherwise the coach might give me the break. But um, you might lose uh, your seven too. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> um, all those guys have been slotting in there and training, and um, obviously it's only early in the preseason. You're just more focusing on core skills and um, team principles. But um, I'm sure when it comes back to the new year, we'll start doing more 13 on 13 opposed um, training sessions and. Uh, the team will start to come together then. Who are the uh, who are the main blo- blokes you've become mates with uh, already at Canterbury? Uh, obviously, you had um, a good connection with Nick Kotrick, obviously doing New South Wales pathways and uh, lower grade rep footy. So um, I'm obviously quite good mates with him and we've clicked uh, quite quickly. And another person I mentioned probably Corey Waddell. I think um, obviously he's an edge back rower and uh, we've been training quite well together and he's a good bloke, loves a beer, loves hanging out at the beach, loves all the stuff I love and but saying that I can't say a word about the whole team so far and um, yeah they've been really rocking him mate uh, I've said it on my podcast a few times Corey Waddell he looks to me to be a bloke that's ready to break out I think he's got a lot of ability and I think Trent Barrett will be really excited about him definitely you know I think um, I like back rolls that really run hard lines and he does exactly that and obviously we saw what we have spoken about before what um, Baz did at Penrith and yeah I can't wait to get started um, working with Corey and um saying that we'll just keep it quiet and we'll just keep training on are all of your guys back from their their break over over the holidays like uh, have you got Josh Jackson Will Hopawade all the experienced guys or are there still a few to come back everyone's back on deck um, I think Nick Kodrick was the last one to come back and he trained today and um, all the senior guys have been back the same day that I was back and that was really good to see you know um, Josh Jackson he's obviously played over 200 first grade games and He's leading the pack, and he's so excited about the next season. And um, yeah, Will Hopawadi and all those sort of guys. So we're working hard, and we'll just keep going under the radar. Tell me about your captain, Josh Jackson, mate. What are your first impressions of him? He reminds me of Paul Gallen, um, just the way they train, um, the intensity, um, how well they look after their body, and um, their presence when they speak is people listen. You know, and um, yeah, I can't wait to run out behind him. Mate, uh, I've got a lot of questions here from a lot of Bulldogs fans. Have you been down to Belmore and had a few feeds yet or what? There's some good spots down there. Um, I love it down there. You know, um, obviously, 
the restaurants and the cafes down there have been looking after me. So, uh, yeah, I've been loving it down there. And um, I'm sure uh, next year I'll be getting out quite a lot. Uh, we obviously get fed down at the Bulldogs, but, yeah, I've been down Belmore Road having a few feeds. Mate, I've obviously got a few other questions from Sharks fans here. I mean, could you eventually see yourself returning to Cronulla in the future? I had uh, I had the opportunity to go back there, um, you know, but um, it wasn't to be. Um, sort of uh, obviously chose to go to the Bulldogs, but who knows what the future may hold, you know. I have a lot of close mates there and always going to be close to my heart, you know. Obviously, I played my junior football there, but I'm um, incredibly grateful for the opportunity that the Bulldogs gave me and my heart and soul is going to be put into that. What's your uh, What's your old man doing at the moment, mate? He's doing a bit of work on uh, radio with um, SEN and um, doing bits and pieces here and there. But, yeah, there's a, there's a few things happening just quietly. And, um, yeah, he'll be back and, yeah, things looking good for him. Is he going to be living in Sydney, mate? Definitely will be. Um, obviously, he wants to be part of my career and um, obviously come to my footy games. Obviously, he didn't get to come to that many games last year. And yeah, he's getting a bit older now, the old man. Yeah, definitely be in Sydney. Mate, uh, last question, and I guess all eight of my female followers have got out. I've had a few questions. Is Kyle Flanagan single? It's weird. They've never asked me if I'm single. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not single, mate. Uh, yeah, been with the girl now for a while now. And, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Mate, Kyle, I really appreciate your time and the best of luck this year. Uh, next year, sorry, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on. I think um, yeah, I appreciate the support from you, and um, I'll be back on any time. Legend. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.